0: Hey! Oh, hello. Welcome to Steve's Spotlight on
1: oh, someone else. Ah, oh, yeah. Here we go. You ever see spots in your eyes? Maybe. Do You ever see spotlights? Hey, that's, that's what I'm about to put in your eyes with my beam of spotlights that I beam in your face. Oh my God! My alarm's going off. That's to remind me to already be in the Steve Spotlight, spotlighting on somebody else. Now, I was uh, going to mention about how on Steve's Spotlight that uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a light. So that means it, it's a light in the darkness. So you can. It helps you see stuff. Hello, Carla. Oh. Uh. Hello. Uh, hi,
2: Sarah. Can you hear me?
1: Oh, I can hear you.
2: Cool,
1: cool. Yay. Oh, oh, cool. Hey, what's going on?
2: Uh, feeling very excited for this. <laughs> Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, really? Oh, good. I hope that you have a great time.
2: I hope so, too. Um, people have I've actually asked some people for advice about this, and they just were all very encouraging. Um, they say it would be fun and that you're a great host, so I, I really don't feel worried about it.
1: Oh, really? Well, I well, <laughs> allow me to be the first to apologize for that inaccurate information you were provided and that...
2: You're very, well. you You're very kind. You do seem to You're very kind. You do seem to have a you do seem to have a hard time accepting compliments. So I'll take that uh, as a thank you.
1: I know. I don't uh, um Yeah, you know like that, right, right. You ever you ever do that? I I do have a hard time. I think in real life too. Like sometimes you just got to be like, "Hey, thanks," and then move on, but I'm like, "Uh, ah, that's not really true or whatever." Really? But, yeah how do you expect that's
0: surprising
2: um i guess there's a script that i learned some time before where i'm just supposed to say thank you even if i'm still catching up on the processing (laughs) um i mean i do i do mean it i feel like people are really um kind and appreciative when they do say nice things even if i might not necessarily yet understand why yeah I'm surprised well, that you would. I'm surprised that you would, because I feel like a lot of people have been expressing appreciation for you about a bunch of things, and so I'm surprised that it's something you still struggle with.
1: Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know. I think, you know, improv, in improv, I expect people to be a little bit more positive than in real, real life, so I kind of get it. I get, I get that in improv, but like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm always just sort of like, hey,
0: <laughs>
1: I, I, I'm probably pretty hard on myself. I'm, I'm probably someone who's hard on, hard on themselves. I'd imagine. Although I know it other. It sounds people. like it. Yeah. Well. Hey.
2: Sometimes.
1: <laughs> And sometimes that, that amount of realism I think is, is helpful though. You know, I'm, I think I'm honest. So, um, well, thank you. I appreciate anything. What you said was sort of a, a compliment. Um, so let's talk about improv. What kind of stuff uh, are you thinking about an improv and what are you trying to do?
2: Um, I think it's just such a great space to be in. I haven't really decided yet whether I have a specific aim with it, only that it's just a really, like, great space to be in and to, like, also get to practice things with people, which, uh, and and I mentioned this to, um, I think Eric in the 101 class I joined, which, by the way, for anyone listening, it's a really cool class. Um, if you haven't signed up yet, you might want to while there's still time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope that was okay. sign up (laughs) for it uh can you just
2: me
1: yeah can you just show up
2: uh yeah yeah uh there's a um link to it on both like the was website and also on discord uh there's a link there where people could sign up for the 101 class
1: oh. oh okay were there a lot of people there i didn't uh i didn't get any info about it i didn't i didn't
2: Oh, there are still slots available um, and they're, um, Eric is still accepting students even though it's going to be the second session already next week.
1: Okay, cool. How many people were there?
2: Um, right now, it's just me and Noah, so it was pretty intense um, in a good way, in a good way. It was really interesting to see Eric's side of giving constructive feedback. I didn't realize he was purposefully um, abstaining from doing that during the jams because he wanted to focus on like, us having a good time. um, uh, But in that space, it was really good to be receiving really specific feedback from him.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is, that is true. Uh, What are the say? Yeah. In the, in the jams and stuff, there isn't a whole lot of talk about, you know, what we can do or how we can improve.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, right.
1: So almost to the point, you know, actually like a lot of times I'm doing improv around, you know, Denver and stuff. And I'm like, almost like it's almost easiest to do classes a lot. And then I'm like, oh man, it's almost always like we're talking about how to improve. So I liked the jams for that, for not having that. Oh, Yeah. interesting. Yeah, but I can see also how like, yeah, how that's also interesting to to hear from Eric because he he doesn't talk a whole lot about that I don't think very often.
2: Yeah, I think it might've been because for a really long time, it was the one jam that was always available every week. Um, I think it was relatively recent that we've had like other jams going. Um, and so I feel like it was valuable for us to have that space where we could just jam and not worry about kind of our performance level, yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um, so, well, when, um, maybe I'll ask you in a different way, like uh, when you are in a scene and you're, you're you are improvising, like, what are you thinking about?
2: Um, I'm, I'm not sure if there's something specific because I feel like when we're doing a scene, it's kind of hard to kind of um, be self-conscious about like what I'm doing as opposed to kind of working with what we have and working mm-hmm. with the people we're with, which I think is a good thing um, mm-hmm. because I feel like if I learned how to like critique myself, myself simultaneously, while doing scenes, um, I, I feel like that would take away from me uh, being a fellow, being a good fellow player, <laughs> well, <it> sounds, <laughs> which, which I hope to be.
0: Yeah.
1: No, well, it sounds like what you're doing is you're, like, you're taking in what's going on and kind of responding to that, which I think is one of the main things to be doing. Like, you're kind of, you know, taking it as it comes and being like, kind of reacting to whatever specifically it is, as opposed to kind of having a game plan, maybe? Uh,
2: I will say that there are times when I feel like some characters may be coasting. Like, maybe there's something they're really good at, and they're, like, doing that for quite some time, and I feel like, wait, let's Uh kind of, like, um, spice things up a bit and, like, introduce some sort of challenge that your characters need to do so kind of there's some sort of aspiration going, or, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so that we can see how their character can potentially, like, grow... Which I think is fun to see because I feel like our fellow players are usually really game to, like, do these things and just go on, like, journeys and...
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely interesting because, like... um, Because, basically, if you're the other person in the scene, like you can make it so that the other character gets what what the, what the character wants, you know, like in the, in the narrative, like, like if you want a birthday party, like it's so easy for, if I'm the other character, like I can give you a birthday party if that's what you want. But like, and I don't know, it's interesting how people react to that because it's, you you sort of have, you have sort of have a decision always. Do I give the other person what they want or don't I do that? Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, and and like uh, I don't know. And sometimes I feel like uh, I think I, I think what I do actually at the top of a scene is I sort of I'm more generous and I just give them like if the character wants something, I'll see like what kind of mm-hmm. happens. They kind of have it, and then later I'll be like, oh, here's here's what would be the obstacles that that character would have, and especially when I feel like the 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 improviser is like getting comfortable with the idea. Like they think, Oh, my character is so awesome. They get they get whatever they want and then like later to be like, well, here, here here would be the problem with that.
2: That's interesting. You know, I remember there was this one time that I remember it was you. We were playing this uh scene and I think it was a Monday job because Eric was the one facilitating. And you were playing this husband of a wife who was basically being abusive towards you. And I remember I was like um, someone from outside the household and just was trying to like get you to be with me instead. And I thought it was really surprising that you were very stubborn about sticking with your wife and kind of, like, even enjoying the kinds of things she was doing too, <laughs> mm. <laughs> And I think, like, Eric like picked up on that and, and just kind of wanted me to, like, go on this, like, journey to, like, have to see if I can win you over by some yeah. other way. And, and you were, for some reason, just very loyal to that character, which is also a very valid choice. I was just surprised to see how you were able to sustain that, and, like, enduring the difficulties that your character was going through, in a very, well, sport way, of course.
1: Yeah. I think I vaguely remember that cuz it's like that's that was I think feel I feel like this was a while ago. Um Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's like well <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I can I can't analyze my choice there because I don't know the scene, but
2: It's okay. I, I I just thought it was I just thought it was really funny because I remember at the end of it my character was for some reason getting like desperate and I'm like, "Okay, I'm just like going to be mean to you instead and maybe that's going to make you like like ah! me." <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: That seems to that makes sense to me.
0: That's, ugh,
1: I don't know. I guess that's how some people are. Oh, so yeah, that, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I I like that idea. Maybe, yeah, I know, you know, sometimes that's also like, you know, we don't know what's good for us sometimes or people can be like, just resistance to change right it's like that's that's human kind of stuff
2: inertia too is big
1: yeah (laughs) right like hey hey i'm in a relationship here (laughs) i also like like if you are kind of like uh offering that it's also like i think uh one of the ways i would look at it is like E- either, even if that's accepted, you know, to like leave the wife or whatever, you got to be like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's like immediately, there's got to be consequences to that because it's like, that's not, I don't think you should allow that to immediately solve your problems. Cause like,
2: fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: That's gotta be problematic. And, you know, it's got, we're looking for drama too, you know? So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Whatever you say, Steve. Okay. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I'm just think. I'm just thinking. Just thinking out loud. Um. All right.
2: I do what have a. I do have a yeah. question. What's up? So so I was thinking about how. Like you've been able to do a lot of things already at improv that people would a lot of people would consider like the most difficult things to do, or things that are not even necessarily doable, like the time you did the Harold on your own. Uh huh. Which to me was mind blowing because Felix introduced it to us relatively recently. It was my first time doing it, and I just it it was quite a challenge like remembering the, a lot of the details, and I, I feel like sure maybe with like practice and like training people would get better but you apparently did the whole thing on your own I can't even like even begin to imagine how you would have done that um and so I was wondering like is what's your what's the frontier that you're currently at with improv
1: what what frontier am I at yeah yeah oh I don't know I don't feel like I'm go like I'm working on anything in particular um The Herald, I will say that what made that like doing it uh, alone was that for one thing, I knew we had we had been doing the Herald like weekly for like a whole bunch of weeks. So I did have like the entire format of it, like like down pretty cold. Um, And I think the the main. Well, the way I looked at it is like, you know, each scene is is well, I guess I was the well, one was like a relationship. One was like a ga- like a like a game somehow. Um but basically I think I just kind of I kind of took the scenes and kind of made First of all, they all really came from the opener to whatever that was. I don't even remember. But I like they they I think I kind of thought of them as all one kind of specific thing that I was playing off of the whole time. So it wasn't it's, it's not that big of a challenge. Like, I think the most biggest challenge I like, know always in improv is, like, the, you know, memory and stuff. So I don't think mm-hmm. it was, for one thing, I wasn't using that much of my memory because I knew the format pretty well. But I was also, mm-hmm. like, the, the scenes were kind of really, I mean, in my mind, they were simple. I simplified them was how I kind of got through that. Otherwise, it's just doing normal improv.
2: That's really cool that, that it feels that way to you. Is there anything that you still feel fear about?
1: Oh that I fear about I in yeah, like yeah. real in like reality or in improv I think um you you're talking about improv right I mean uh
2: if if there's something that's more like compelling that's outside improv I think that would be interesting.
1: <laughs> Oh I don't think I do I don't think any more compelling like I think like outside of improv, it's pretty, it's pretty scary the way our, our bodies break down and we slowly die. I mean, I think that's just a common, right. Um, But I think uh, (laughs) any kind of existential, like, like there's no real meaning. There's no meaning in life is also kind of, I mean, we choose our, we choose the meaning in our life. You know, that's, that's how I think we kind of should react to that. Um, In improv, I don't, I mean, I think like you know, if someone like if I'm set up to like having to do something that's kind of musical, I'm kind of like, oh boy. But I don't think like I like I fear that. I just know that's that's going to be like a lot of like that's going to be some work. I think
2: that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, why but, Why did
2: you mention that? Why, why did you mention that something about like the meaning of life? I uh, that do you have some fear about? is there is there something that you've chosen that you're not sure of
1: yet or something oh with the meaning of life it's just that there isn't like i guess it's kind of i mean i think that's kind of just like existentialism which is like there's you, (laughs) you should have a general kind of anxiety about your like um because there's no because you do choose like you choose what meaning is you choose your values right you choose what to spend your time on and there should you should have mm-hmm. some general overall anxiety about that because there's just so many options that's i think that's li- yeah. i think that's literally uh like i'm not coming up with this this is from like uh uh what's his name uh, it's like it's existentialism basically <laughs> it's a philosophy <laughs>
2: I'm not familiar with the names. You can just like, I guess, share the thing that stood out for you, the perspective that you seem aligned
1: with. Um, sharing it. Yeah, I, I like. I think so. I think that makes it makes sense to me. It's, it's Sartre, is what I'm. Is, is John Paul Sartre who kind of says that. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. I,
1: I I ended up for some reason in my early, like, when I was younger, reading like Sartre for some reason. Um, he's probably the only philosopher who's like. I've actually read an entire book that they've written. Well, someone who just, well, I don't know. I've read Camus. A, he's a novelist. I, I mean, I don't know. What was the question?
2: <laughs> okay, okay. I guess, I guess like at this point, given what you've said, I'm curious, like what, like have you chosen so far uh, as to what like direction you want to take your life to?
1: Have I done that? Have I chosen what direction my life is going to go?
2: Possible. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I feel like, you know, that's always, I can choose to do whatever I want. I feel like in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. with regards to huge kind of life, fo- things you're focusing on, right? Like as a hobby, like basically you can do whatever you want, as long as you don't care about a couple of things, as long as you don't care uh, how good you are at it and or what other people think about you or how many people you do it in front of, like you do, like if you don't have, care about whether you have an audience, I mean, you're free to do mm-hmm. anything. You're free to make music if you want to. It just, is it gonna be good? Maybe not. Are you gonna be famous for it? Probably not. Are you gonna make money doing it? Probably not. It's the same thing with like making movies or making comics or anything. You can do that stuff. You're just not gonna make any money from it. So as long as you're, you know, your ex, like I guess, I don't want to say expectations, but like you're aware of the outcomes. Like you can do whatever you want in life all the time. Like, right. I mean, I don't know. What's something like you can't, as long as you, as long as you're trying not to control other people, you can do whatever you want.
2: Have you chosen anything so far? A kind of a general direction
1: of my life? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have a career, like, like, like I'm a math teacher, I'm not planning any movement there. And Ooh, uh, cool, cool. Okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, and yeah, I'm kind of a person who has the hobbies of, you know, uh, like improv and making comics and writing. So like, I feel like that's like, that's, a, that's all that stuff is enough to keep me busy all the time. I mean, how about you? How about you? Like, what, like, do you feel like your life is not...
2: Just a note on what you said about, like, the hobby. I feel like I agree with pretty much all of them, just except for one, um, which is the, the part about um, the skill level. I feel like on some level, there's also gratification in feeling that we're, get, we're kind of getting better at something as opposed to doing more of the same thing, if that makes sense.
1: Sure. Yes. That actually um, is related to one of the topics I was thinking about talking about on the on this thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is that? Which is that? Like in in art, like which is more important? You know, skill or like passion in what you're doing? You know, so um, like those are two things that kind of motivate or even are expressed through art, right? Um, and improv or whatever you want to think Mm -hmm. about, painting, singing. So like, which, like people focus on one or the other and like, which do you choose to focus on?
2: I feel like it would be, at least for me, I feel like it would be virtually impossible for me to have a sustained effort at getting really good at something unless I I feel invested in it in some way. So I feel like passion will have to come first. And I feel like they're luckily not necessarily mutually exclusive. Because I feel like with passion at some point, there's going to be this sort of feeling where, no, I feel like I could be doing a better job at this and let me see what other people are doing and like, how can I learn from that? Or is there some sort of um, maybe approach that I haven't considered yet that I could be um, learning from?
1: Yeah, it's a a false dichotomy for sure. I mean, you you can definitely do both, like, right? Um, I feel like
2: some people are amazingly able to do just the skill. Like, for example, people who just have devoted themselves to a mission, whether it's something that someone else chose for them or something they chose themselves and they can somehow delay or defer or just kind of not have the usual gratification from um, having like pleasure in something in doing something inherently um, yeah. as opposed to doing something just because it, it was decided or they decided that they were going to do it, which I think um, is not something I necessarily fully understand or kind of even understand a lot about
1: yeah yeah some people like i i don't know i don't know if i have any any skills that i'm like so great at that like i've worked specifically at it and like burnt myself out on it you know like i think i think you you know most things i'm pretty average at that aren't like yeah well i mean I, I definitely am aware of people who are better at the things that I do. It's like, I don't know. It, like, I'm probably. That's so pretty, different.
0: What? I'm
1: That's
0: sorry. Different?
2: I interrupted. Please. Yeah, please. I don't, I don't even know what I was
1: saying. I would say, I mean, there's definitely people you can look at who are like, oh, that person's uh, has more skill or whatever. I mean, even in improv, it's like, there's people who have like dramatic talent in acting that I find pretty impressive that's like mm-hmm. you know i don't know they i think that, that they're able to draw from uh y- yeah they're just able to draw from i think skills that are that are like kind of literally taught in an acting school that you can see i mean it's like evident that they've worked on certain things
2: i'm surprised that you don't seem to kind of include yourself um in in that category
1: oh <laughs> i never frankly. i've never taken an acting class I mean, I've only, I've only taken improv classes. Oh yeah. So So it's only, yeah. So acting is, I think, I don't know. I can, like, I kind of see like people who act a little bit more on stage. I feel like they have a little bit more like a, like they can build like a kind of pretty good, I, I have no idea what I look like on stage. Right. I guess, but I feel like they're pretty good at developing a presence and being consistent about it and using the space. Really? Uh, Actors? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just, like, surprised that you're kind of describing them as if they're a very disparate, like, category from where you might be, whereas I feel like there's a significant overlap. Um, I can't speak to the physical presence, because I've never really... um, you or work with you, oh, yeah. uh, you know, in a physical setting, uh, it's just like interesting because I, I feel like you're one of the people where if you play a character, you're probably going to play it very consistently. Um, huh.
0: you
2: know, whatever like mode of character you might choose, which I, which I feel is really good, and yeah, and also you know what you were saying earlier about the whole average thing. I think we were talking earlier about self-honesty, right? And I feel like it's intriguing because I feel like. As much as, as much as I believe that you're being, like, genuine about it when you say that you're practicing self-honesty, I feel like maybe it might be helpful to, like, also have some self-awareness about how I feel like the average person are the people who can't really do a herald on their own. Oh.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh. uh,
2: I mean, I hope you understand what I mean. I mean, maybe it's, like, it's one of those things where, um, like, I have a friend who's a who's a... Was a gamer, and he's, like, as far as I know, so good at it that he could, like, play competitively if he wanted to. It's just that that's not the career he's chosen for himself. And he's, like, one of the most, like, grounded, humble, level-headed players that I know. Um, And I feel like it's such a... just a big difference from, like, a lot of other people who who kind of tend to be, like, oh, I'm so good at this, and everyone else is just kind of crap. Um, He's, like, very mindful about what he's good at. At the same time, he's not, like he's also very well aware of like, you know, how, how really, how like the top people even are even higher than him are good. So I feel like it's one of those things where he's at the top, like 1% or 0.1%. And it just so happens that he knows what the top 0.01% is like. Yeah. And he, he compares himself to that. Um, yeah. At the same time, it doesn't mean that, that he's average. Well, that you doesn't. know,
1: yeah, there's a couple of things. Like, um, have you heard like this phrase? Like, as the what is it? As the knowledge of my understanding grows,
0: so oh too, yeah, yeah,
1: so true to the shores <laughs> of my ignorance. Yeah, it's true.
0: Like, the more you know it.
1: about something, the more you know where you can improve, and you can see kind of yeah. like cracks and or whatever. You can see you can see imperfections when you're doing. There's also another. It's like psychology phenomenon where like people who are really new to something, um, they're not able to tell how good they are at the thing. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. people who are really novice at something and they've just learned about it, they think they're pre- they think they're better than they are. Whereas people who have been doing something for a long time. Um, oh my god. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's named after two psychologists, I can't think of it, but the, the, yeah. the, the, if you do something for a long time, um, you, you they actually, e- experts at things, um, you know, they, they guess that their ability levels are really low because they're usually aware, uh, I don't know, they're aware of other people doing it, they're just, right. same, same kind of thing, they're just aware of what the, the large amount of skills and other sort of things that are involved. So they estimate themselves and their own skills lower than even someone who like totally doesn't know what they're doing.
2: Oh my gosh, that makes sense. I I just remembered there was this graph and I'm afraid I can't like give credit to whoever made it because it was was a really um, concise way of illustrating something that's a phenomenon that I think has boggled me even. Like there's this uh, imaginary graph where on one hand we have like the uh, slowly increasing and eventually increasing skill level of people uh, like how how good they are at something, basically. And then there's on that same graph, there's this other line which which shows how um, how much they talk about things. So it 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 goes like the opposite way, apparently. At least in that, I, I know this is not something that probably universally applies. It's just something I feel is true in a lot of contexts. Like there are a lot of times when it's like when people don't really know much about something, then they talk like a lot about it. And then as they kind of increase what they know they kind of start to get possibly quieter or be more selective about what they say. And so that, that mm-hmm. line goes down. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, there's this intersection point where it's kind of the people who know medium about something, they're still going to talk about it a lot. But then like some people, even though they're really, really good at something or they're really knowledgeable about something, they just don't talk about it much anymore um, part, you know, for, for various possible reasons. Like maybe they just feel like there's still so much that, that isn't known or there's still so much that they need to learn apparently that they feel like they don't necessarily have a lot of new things to contribute, even though, um, you know, and in fact, a lot of people are sharing stuff that aren't even as accurate and, and they're getting more attention. And if these people who like know a bunch of things could be sharing more stuff instead, that would actually be better for people <laughs> in general.
1: Well, yeah, because they have experience to share, but they're not doing it right. The the effect is called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, and, and I think there are some graphs kind of related to it, to what you're saying. And there's, i put it like in the chat if you want to look. Oh, it didn't go through. Oh, Eric's blocking us from sharing links, but, uh, or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's like, it's like a graph. And at the beginning, it's like, you know, nothing. And there's like, it's called Mount Stupid, where you have a lot of confidence, but you don't have a lot of, Uh, you have a lot of confidence, but no competence. And then later there's the Mm -hmm. valley of despair where you realize that uh, you have no confidence because you realize you don't have any competence. And then slowly you get better and better and you get more confidence and competence at the same time.
2: That's interesting. I'm checking the Google images of these right now. It looks like um, a doctor's signature.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. It goes up and then down and then kind of scoops back up again. Yeah. It's like Yeah, that's uh I don't know. I, I I don't know where I am at at with improv. I like to think you know, I don't know. I I probably go back and forth like anybody. Like I think sometimes I do really well and then sometimes I'm like, well, there's things that I can improve on.
2: Is there something, and this can be like within improv or outside improv, is there something that you really, really want to do, but you've never gotten to do yet?
1: Um, um I don't know. I mean, pro- there's probably a lot of things like there's a lot of things that like I have a vague interest in, but I don't want to like dedicate my life to like like getting very involved in a political campaign sounds like an interesting one mm-hmm. that kind of came to my head and I don't even know why. Uh um, I don't know. Oh, like maybe like sword, like sword fighting sounds interesting. Oh, like boxing sounds interesting. I don't know. Those are just things I don't feel like doing all the time and sword fighting or, or, or boxing is like, I mean, that'll mess you up too. Like, like, like mentally, like that's not a super great hobby.
2: What's something that you feel like you'd probably be very happy if you got to do um, within your lifetime that you haven't done yet?
1: Uh, I don't know. Um, really? Um, I don't like. I like i I don't know, I do a lot of things that I like doing. like I guess mm. uh, I don't know. So a lot of things I feel like I can do.
0: <laughs>
1: like I mean I don't know I don't know if that's if that's true. Um, but I don't envy a lot of people, I don't think, because like like I kind of like I'm kind of realistic about things, like even, even if you get something and you do something or whatever, you're kind of like... Um, it's kind of a, a let. it's kind of like, it's kind of not, (laughs) it's kind of like, this is really sounds negative, but I think it's not. I think it's realistic is that when you accomplish something, you're still kind of, um, uh, I I wouldn't say upset, but you're like, um, I don't know. You're like, oh, well now I have this thing and it's like, well, so what? So it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't satiate you really, because then you just immediately want something else. or you can't satiate your desire for, for, for things entirely because you always, you always want more of, you always either want more or something or you want, uh, you want something else because you didn't want what you thought you wanted. Um. I don't know what do you want. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, like, like in what context? You want
1: context? (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) You said you asked the question, you your context was in your life, what is something you want in your whole life before you die? I think that was basically your question. I would love to write a novel, I think. That's a good that's a good one.
2: Oh, why haven't you?
1: Oh uh, because novels take a lot of time. <laughs> uh, you I do you write like short
0: stories?
1: Yeah, all the time. I write short. Sto- I write a few short stories every year. Oh, um, interesting. But um, yeah, like a novel's gonna take a lot. Like a novel, yeah. I and, and maybe even the fact that I've kind of like I've kind of recognized that you know short stories might be the better medium, at least for me, and how much time I'm mm-hmm. willing to devote to it because. Just because, because I'm not willing to do any of that stuff, and and probably all the things involved in making an actual novel are pretty uh, difficult to balance the whole way through. Uh, yeah, I like I like to write short stories that I can write in a single setting. So, you know, like like a couple of pages, I think is just fine. That's you compile like, them. Yeah. I I mean, have you like? Yeah, I have like a zine that I give out.
2: Oh right, right.
1: Yeah, I mean those those that is short stories in them. I haven't compiled like I was one thing I am thinking about doing is like putting all my short stories together.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I think by this point, maybe you could already have an anthology. Uh,
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know what the minimum for an anthology is, but I certainly could have a thing that has like, you know. 20 maybe i don't know if i have 20 maybe like 20 short stories i don't know um i don't know if they're all coherent or make sense but yeah i mean yeah but i don't know yeah so that's what that's what i'm saying about like if i don't as long as i don't care right As, as long as i don't you know i don't put the bar at oh i have to write a whole novel like that's like like why should that like at what point does it does does that make it an actual thing like if you're short story like people have won are, or people have won awards based on their short stories and they've won and you know movies have been made out of short stories before too so it's like if you're good at that medium if you're good at something of that length then like i mean then you've kind of done it i mean why you know, and if if it's if it's not satisfying to try to sit there and beat myself up about trying to make
0: it longer than one, <laughs> why, why bother?
2: I guess if it meant something really special to you, I, I suppose I can understand. I feel like there are some things that some people, and to me, it may sound a bit like masochistic, but some people would, like, make themselves go through something, and I would just, like, struggle throughout my head around why they're doing this, but it seems to mean a lot to them, and so, so be it. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess that's more natural to some people to just write. I mean, people start writing all the time and then they, you know, they come up with bigger projects. Um, right. I, I
2: feel like it does. It does like happen incrementally. Like it's easier to just kind of do small projects and then like over time it just kind of builds up. And then it wasn't really intentional for there to be a body of work, but then there turns out to be one.
1: Yeah, I think that's yeah. actually the 100 percent the way to look at it. Like as long like Mm -hmm. like, I I think in fact I yeah like you you want to you want to have it instead of trying to have like it's goal oriented thinking instead of being goal oriented you want to feel like you want to be like practice oriented thinking where it's just a thing it's just a thing you do all the time you know like even on Ooze Bear like we could write like quote unquote write a novel if we just spent time we just made a bunch of certain rules we met at the same time every week or whatever. And then we just kind mm-hmm. of continue the story that way. Like we you, we could very easily do that. And if we had done that for like a year, we would have something that's pretty, at least if not coherent, it would be certainly long.
2: <laughs> I guess worst case scenario, if we wanted to kind of, if if we were like to change our minds about um, having things be like very free, free flowing without nothing like published from it. I, I think we could technically maybe hire people to like um, put the stuff we did into text and maybe make some minor edits and then like compile them. I think that's something that could technically be doable if that was something we were interested in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if we ca- I mean, I think editing is part of a, like, that's a part of the whole art process too, right? I mean, and if we, like, I'm, s- I'm certain that there's plenty of great stuff that have happened over Oosber over time. It's just, Finding, Mm -hmm. finding the really great stuff is also something that takes like effort and time and a good ear and whatnot and skill. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, hey, uh, I, I, I'm really impressed that you got, uh, you got all your, you got all your bows and arrows together and you're, you're going to, you're going to head out and you're just really into that archery competition. You're going to, I think you're going to do great.
2: Well, I, I hope so. Uh, it's really great to have found an outlet where, you know, it lets me shoot things in a way that's legal.
1: Yeah. I know, I know Debbie, that you had, uh, you did have a lot of those run-ins with the law where you were doing a lot of extra legal shooting. And I am glad you've kind of turned turned a new leaf in that regard.
2: Yeah, you know, it was actually really confusing to me because initially I thought it was okay enough as long as the thing that I'm using to shoot um, things, With were not you know destructive or fatal or even injurious, but apparently Mm -hmm. people don't like being shot even with like lemons and they take it really poorly, uh, which was a shame and a surprise. I guess I'm just Mm -hmm. like stuck with archery.
1: I know you're yeah. I remember on that it's almost like on that day when you were standing before the judge and you were explaining to her that lemons are they're just you know. They're just really, they're, they're really one of the most powerful fruits and they're so tangy and delicious, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, that really had no, the, the sweetness and joy people get out of lemming lemons had no bearing on the fact that you were pelting people with them in the street.
2: Well, I will say that the Pelting, so so as they described it, um, it was really like calling people out whenever they were doing things that were not okay. And I feel like mm. in the city, we need a lot more um, law and order implemented. Oh. And, you know, I felt like that was a really mild thing, actually. I'm not like um, insulting them publicly. I'm just, you know, lemons are just hitting them. And <laughs> it's it's on them to like realize what it was that happened and what they did and you know i I let them have that self-discovery yeah
1: i i am i am interested you're kind of saying yeah i know how you know in your in in, what, what you know in your famous lemon spree and in your defense in the court you were saying you know you were kind of doing it as a as a way to improve the city and so forth and that does have me concerned because there is that new vigilante that's out there trying to clean up the town with arrows but who knows who that person is because they wear a mask all the time
2: hmm that's interesting uh, i guess that's yep. a really bold choice um to be using actual arrows um yep. which which reminds me i yeah. i did think it was really interesting that um you've been interested in collecting arrows lately
1: oh well you know debbie i mean you you've you're the you're the one who is about to go to an archery competition, and I mean I'm just collecting them as a fan of yours right you know uh-huh. i think I think that I think that they're neat I mean some people collect arrowheads, but I'm like, hey, why not go for the whole thing
2: I, well, I think it's generally okay i mean, I do like to support fans i mean I, I get it. I was also previously an archery fan, which was how I got to like. Into shooting in the first place, I used to watch yeah. like the Audrey, um streams and like videos. Um, it's just that
0: uh-huh. it's
2: gotten to the point where even like professionals like us, we're starting to have like trouble getting access to like stock of arrows because someone's been purchasing them in oh. bulk. Hey, yeah, um,
1: hey, you don't got to tell me about the uh, the problems in the arrow market because as I've been amassing my uh, my stockpile. You know, I've been trying Mm -hmm. to get to 100 million arrows, and boy, I'm having just a difficult time right now. getting. There doesn't seem to be any arrows left.
2: Yeah, um, I'm really glad that you're having that, you know, introspection and thinking Uh, about what you're doing, um, because I feel like it's gotten to be concerning for the industry, and I do need to shoot. I have a need to shoot Mm -hmm. things, and um, Mm -hmm. I need things to shoot with, Um, so I hope you can understand
1: I mean, I do. I'm. I'm glad you 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 can see that there is introspection coming from me because I am Mm -hmm. aware of kind of what's going on. I'm aware that my desire is to swim around in a big bank vault filled with arrows, the same way Scrooge McDuck does with a bunch of gold coins. And I'm not. Doesn't it ever
2: feel? Doesn't uh it ever feel pointy?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, it feels. You know. You know what, Debbie? I'm not. I know I've been talking about it for a long time, but I actually haven't dove yeah. in yet. I'm gonna wait until I get to 100 million arrows, and then I'm just gonna go full full for it, straight straight dive in. And if it's what? pointy, let the chips fall where they may.
2: Oh wow, that's just—I mean, that would be quite a way to die.
1: I well, I, yeah, hey, you—you've seen Ducktales. I mean, you just. I mean Scrooge McDuck he dives right into a like a pile of gold and gold is very heavy and dense, but I mean he makes it work.
2: I suppose that's technically true. Um is that why you've been working on building thick skin?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh you I mean that's that I mean that's kind of feeling like that plan B. If diving in wearing the normal uh, you know, bathing suit and and head cap head swimming cap that scrooge mcduck wears then you know i do have the the robo armor over here to the side to to help me out if i decide to go for a second a second dive into the, to the pool of arrows
2: oh you know actually i did get to see one of those videos where someone who really resembled you were shooting oh. at um people and things which i thought was very bold because i never reached that level oh. of actually you know shooting in public with arrows. Um, I've only ever used them. And, um, and I thought it was interesting how after you've like shot things and like people like curse at you and like be angry, you seem to be welcoming of the things they say almost as if that was your primary intention.
1: Hey, well, I mean, I can't really speak for the person you saw in a video that looks like me, but I think... <laughs> what was going on there, is that uh, if if someone has an arrow protruding out of their thigh, then, you know, that person might want to thank the person who shot the arrow, especially if it is a Diamond Deluxe brand Ultra Arrow. That is quite the collectible item.
2: You have one?
1: I did. I, I did. I don't what? know where... It, and I suppose the person who looked like me in the video did, but I don't know where mine went. It seemed to walk off somehow.
2: That was the only one available that's left. Everything else has been like, destroyed um, by I don't know who, but that was the only most special arrow that was left.
1: Oh, you don't have to tell me about the problems in the arrow market. I just can't find a, seem to find any either. I mean my 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 uh, my vast bank vault of arrows is just, you know, it feels very lonely that I'm never going to be able to reach 100 million. Hmm. Yeah. So really the real thing here, Debbie, is Each night I go out on my diving board over my arrows, and I sort of just weep to myself because I never think—I don't think I'm ever going to be diving in there because I'll never reach a hundred million.
2: Call incoming. Call incoming. Oh, call incoming.
1: Hold on a second, Uh, hold on a second, Debbie, if you will. There's a call incoming on uh, the large. Computer array that I have here in the living room. Go ahead, caller.
2: Oh, uh, is Call- this uh, Francis?
1: Oh, sorry. Say that again.
2: Uh, is this Francis?
1: Franc? Yeah, th- yeah. This is he.
2: Oh, uh, finally, I get the hold of you. I'm your aunt Mimi. Calling from overseas. We were wondering whether all the family fortune has been going.
1: Oh, hey, listen, you don't have to worry about our family fortune because it is being put into the most secure item that, uh, that can possibly in- be invested in. Erin. You
2: told us that you were going to invest the money in very smart ways, huh? but we never hear about what the actual ROI has been.
1: Hey, you know, I, I'm concerned that there's no trust here, okay? Because I, let me tell you. You can take it from me. My investments are as straight as an arrow. Okay. They are just pointed in the right direction. And uh, I always, I always take very good tips with my investments as well.
2: I think Francis you be I think Francis you be trying to be funny and you don't talk to your aunt Mimi like that. You need to talk with more respect. We trusted you with so much of the family money and now you're trying to talk in abstract terms. Why don't you tell us specifically what happened uh-huh. to all the fortune that we have been entrusting you with?
1: Hey. Hey, hey Mimi, you're right, you're right. I listen Mimi. I do respect you. I I 100% respect the way that you made all of this money with the pudding fortune you, you you made pudding for years and years you've made it with your bare hand. i understand all that mimi and i and i want you to understand that i really appreciate everything you did for this family pudding wise
2: i'm very surprised to hear that because you were with me when you were growing up and i thought you never appreciated the pudding because you always just point at the pudding right. with all the. 20 things and it will always destroy. And so we had to keep you out of the factory. So now you say you actually appreciate the fortune that we have put together.
1: Well, hey, I mean, who's going to turn? I mean, come on, me, me, no one's going to turn down a fortune. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, factories with all their things moving around and kind of being distracting, you just never, you know, it's, there's never really any kind of thing you can just relax and target. You know, that, uh, factories are difficult to deal with.
2: I'm going to try and call you in maybe one more week. And you need to show uh, us that the older money actually went somewhere beneficial.
1: Uh, hey, hey, Mimi, I, 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 I promise that money is in a secure investment. And by the way, in the background there, I can, I can hear that, that pudding behind you, bubbling and churning. And let me tell you, Mimi, it sounds like a very delicious batch you got brewing up back there.
2: Well, you can be certain that I will keep this pudding away from you because it's a very oh. special pudding. I'm not going to let you touch oh. it because you're just going to destroy it with your pointy thing.
1: Oh, what? Oh, hey, Mimi, come on. You, you know, of all people, know that, I mean, nothing pointy really ever destroys pudding. I mean, pudding is just so malleable and, and so forth and resistance to most pointy objects.
2: I think you are the this kid in our family. I don't know how I managed to survive raising you as your auntie. Uh, you know, uh, actually I have to go now. I have business to take care of. We're trying to rebuild uh, the family fortune in case you cannot give it back.
1: Oh. Aw. Uh, well hey, don't go.
0: Uh,
1: the computer array the computer array, array is signalling that Mimi has hung up. Ugh. You see what I have to deal with here, Debbie?
2: I mean, I don't know, Francis. I feel like you've led a very privileged life.
1: Uh, hey, okay. I agree. But I am trying to, you know, put, okay, I can't go into all of the details. But in some ways, I am finding, you know, um, you know avenues to, to put things back into the community.
2: By shooting people and things with Sarah.
1: I, I, I can't really be specific about what kind of, you know, nocturnal vigilante activities that um, having a large uh, collection of arrows facilitates.
2: Well, you know, I'm going to um, continue pretending that I'm not 100% sure that it was you who was the mask figure. Um, but just so you know, whatever happens, um, I'm quite um, impressed whether it was you or someone else that uh, someone was actually bold enough to use actual arrows to do the shooting. I feel like that takes well, a whole level of boldness.
1: Yeah, I agree that would be bold, Debbie. And that's why I haven't brought up the fact that you, you know, uh, are also a collector yourself, and you have quite the collection of masks that I wasn't going to bring up. But you do have all of those masks, huh?
2: Yeah, um, actually, i it's interesting because your girlfriend, who is my fellow pro-archer, was mm-hmm. actually reaching out to me for access to like a special mask that we recently manufactured and looks very uh-huh. much like the one in the video you were mentioning earlier. Mm. Um, and by the mm. way, I, I do have this like invitation. She asked me to... Um, pass on to you. Um, It it seems like she's trying to like invite you to a date at a hotel. Um, Uh She couldn't make it to like right now, but uh, I think she wanted to like pass on this Uh, invitation. Oh,
1: okay. That, I mean, that's interesting that Sheila just didn't call me on the uh, computer array that we have here in the living room, but uh, that's okay. I mean, yeah, I could meet up with her later, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Okay, cool. But you know,
2: just before we, just because, just before this gets any further, you have to be like, you know, she's one of my closest friends, and I know that some people can be really eccentric. It's just that I need you to be genuinely good with her.
1: Hey, right. I mean, look, I'm not being two-faced or anything with her, Debbie. Okay, I'm showing her the real me. I'm not putting on any kind of mask or anything in that relationship. Really. Mm hmm. I'm yeah, I'm being okay. straight, straight as an arrow, completely straightforward with her.
2: You know, I'll, I'll, if I hear anything from her, you know, you're just you're going to be in trouble. I still have some lemons, just so you know. Hey,
1: hey, hey, Debbie, I'm glad you're here to keep me on my toes because uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think Sheila deserves a, you know, a quality man. And, you know, that's uh, that's what I intend to be.
2: Well, I'm glad you know that because just because I've known you for quite some time since you started following my archery career, just because Mm -hmm. I let you hang out with me doesn't mean Uh, I'm going to be okay with you not being good to my friends. So um, you have to watch yourself.
1: Oh, I think that is a completely reasonable expectation for me to treat your friends correctly in order for us to maintain our friendship. And I think in this case, um, when you got lemonades, you better make lemonade because you're not going to be using them to pelt me. Right, and this is why
2: I'm, and this is why I'm sharing with you some of the fresh lemon juice I made just earlier, ah. just so you can remember just how sour they are. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this mm-hmm. I I, yeah.
1: okay. I mean now, now that you bring it up, Debbie, I was gonna say this this lemon juice you have uh, given me here is some of the most sour and pungent lemon juice I have ever,
2: right.
1: uh, I've ever kind of ingested.
2: It's actually a special acidic, extra acidic version, so I hope oh, your throat reminds you of right. what you can possibly be experiencing if things go or even chill Yeah,
1: I do see you, yeah, you, you've kind of, uh, you, you've given me this little water down a little bit, but you do have that extra extreme acidic lemon juice over there it's a, that was burning through the, the floor and so mm-hmm. forth in that gigantic vat you have.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're observant.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying here, you know, it, it's just like a big giant vat that someone might use to, I don't know, tie someone up and then suspend them over it and then lower them down into it if they're not, uh, you know, if someone might do that to well, a vigilante that they have a problem with.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it might look a bit complicated, but you don't have to learn these things unless anything happens. Yeah. So I don't think I have anything to worry about.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does look complicated to me. Like I said, I'm always kind of, uh, uh, I'm a little, st- st- take a little distance to things like vats and pulleys. They remind me of my upbringing in, upbringing in a factory. Pudding factory.
2: Amazing. And, you know, if you were reading the invitation, which I gave you earlier, um, actually, oh. you need to go soon. And you can't oh. be late.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I should have done? I should have programmed the date that I have with Debbie into the computer array system because then it just reminds me automatically. Right. Um,
2: yep. so I guess you'll be meeting with
1: you. Sir? Uh, sure. Sure. I mean, I didn't know. I, it sounds like I can do that. It sounds to me like you want to, you want to have some time alone in the compute with the computer array or with your giant vat of, of lemon acid, I, I, mm-hmm. I or maybe, or maybe you're going to do some Tai Chi or something to prepare for the, for the archery competition. I don't know. But I'll, if that's, if you need the living room, I'll give, I'll, I'll let you have the space. I'll go, go on over to the hotel with Sheila.
2: That is much appreciated. Um, I actually, I will say that both are true. If you were curious, um, I guess you haven't been watching all of the interviews I guess they've been exponentially increasing. But yeah, I actually did mention that I would have the interviews. So I do do uh, at least like 10 minutes of Tai Chi and just some like meditating yeah. with the lemons because I feel like, you know, even though I'm not actively using them, I still need to be one with yeah. them.
0: Yeah, I fully
1: expect that For someone at your caliber in the archery competitions, I, I expect that there's a lot of prep work like uh, stringing mm-hmm. up the bows and knocking the arrows and so forth.
2: Right. Sure. Well, off sure. you go then. I hope. Okay. Yeah. Hey.
1: Hey, I can read the room. I don't need a a large, gigantic readout on the wall on some monitor telling me, "Hey, go do this, go do that." I can I can see what's going on. I'll see myself out. Okay. Hey, Ella, oh yeah, I've. Uh, hey there, Debbie. I'm glad uh, glad you're in the in the in the lobby here. Meeting me in the lobby. That's fantastic.
2: Oh. Francis, how could you do that? why I thought this sound why you keep calling me my friend's name i I thought it was really me that you liked, and not her
1: Oh oh, yeah, I met yeah, hey Sheila, I was just talking to Debbie, and I got confused for a second, but yeah, oh Sheila, yeah, I'm great, I'm glad you're here and uh and you're in the lobby, and hey, by the way, don't go ahead, you don't need to bring this up with Debbie that I confused your names she's uh she's being a little nosy lately, but just hey, I'm just trying to be a good boyfriend here.
2: I'm not sure that she's being nosy because she's been my friend for so long, and I know that she's been looking out for my best interest.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I, 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 hey, I, I, don't want to get in between you and Debbie, Sheila, but what, but what I, what I, what I am gonna say here is, you know, Debbie's idea of doing things for someone else's best interest sometimes involves lobbing lemons at them. Okay, so that's just there. I said it.
2: Well, even if she is doing that, I feel like at, at the very least, she is concerned about not hurting people in an injurious way or in a fatal way. It's it's not quite like the mask figure that's being popular these days. And we hear about how he's been actually using real arrows, which I feel oh. like is a more detrimental thing for society. Mm-hmm.
0: Right,
1: right. Well, uh, I'm glad you did. I see you got the, the newspaper they had lying around in the lobby here. And you're, yeah, you are up to date. Hey, those vigilantes, I don't agree with them, by the way. I'm not. I, I think, you know, hey, whether it's lemons or whether it's arrows, lemons should be made for lemonade and arrows should be used for uh, collectibles. That's what I say.
2: I'm very glad that I think that way because I couldn't possibly be with someone who would dare to hurt another creature. That's just wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, yeah. Yeah, Sheila, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I intend to hurt no other living creature unless I accidentally hurt myself by jumping into a vault mm-hmm. of arrows.
2: Oh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because ah. I, in this news article someone actually made a joke about how in the, in the arrow market apparently someone's been purchasing arrows in bulk and it's such a crazy notion that someone will do that but someone yeah. actually here tried to make a, a guess that you know, perhaps, mm-hmm. and it reads like this, perhaps the person who's been buying this has been actually trying to make a vault yeah. of arrows, wouldn't that be mm-hmm. crazy?
1: Hey, Sheila, you don't got to tell me about how crazy the arrow market is, because let me tell you, I've been having lots of problems with increasing my arrow collection. But you know what? Like, you, uh, yeah, you know what? Whoever that person is, who knows who it is? I don't know who it is. But whoever it is, I hope they've, they, have you know, that person deserves to have some lemons lobbed at them. And if not that, then perhaps an arrow.
2: You're very funny. And I'm actually surprised that you brought up that we're having problems with your our collection, because I thought you told me we're just collecting 12. Oh,
1: uh, what? Uh, no, I, I mean, look, I mean, it's a serious. You, OK, so you, you know, you know, Aunt Mimi's been riding me to do something with the the family fortune. And, you know, it's it when when money just comes so easy to you, sometimes you do silly things.
2: Well, I would be very horrified if you turned out to be one of those people because Aunt Mimi oh. was actually on the phone with me earlier and ah. she was asking me to remind you to, I think, give her some updates or something, which I thought was quite unnecessary because I know you're very diligent about these things.
1: Oh, oh, so, so Mimi called, uh, called you here. I didn't realize that they, I guess this is one of those new fancy hotels that has a computer array telephone system in their lobby.
2: Oh well, actually, she gifted me with this black phone that that was intended exclusively for for my use with her. Uh, she's been putting in a lot of effort into also helping out our family businesses, which I think is very very generous of her, considering that she's from little far away.
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, she likes to she likes to throw she likes to throw that money around. You know, she tells me to be careful with it, but you know, she's just buying everybody she knows phones and you know it's really ha- let me tell you that's affecting the computer array market no one ever thinks about that
2: well i suppose i'll just take your word for it i'm not very familiar with the computer industry it's not something our family yeah. specialized in
1: yeah well i know i mean you uh you guys kind of focused on uh you know various otter otter pelts and uh you know woodland creature skins and mm-hmm. you know that i understand that's a whole different world uh, i mean you know it has overlays because it's both a business but yeah i mean that's a completely different sort of thing
2: oh that's true uh, i've actually only just begun, begun to learn from it from my father who ah. actually incidentally wants to meet with you uh it's oh. just that the only time that he would be available would be at around 8 p.m tonight which oh. uh, for some reason you've always been available at that time and i was wondering yeah. if perhaps the time you could make it
1: Right. Yeah. Right as the sun goes down and it's, very, it's the you know most opportune time for someone to leap from shadow to shadow in a concealed manner. Yes, I do have um, something to attend to at that time.
2: Oh, Frances, you're very poetic. It's one of the reasons why I like you so much.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Roses are red, violets are blue. Hopping around in shadows is what I like to do.
2: <laughs> so, back to that question though, when would you be willing to meet my father if he's only oh. going to be available at 8pm?
1: Oh, oh no. I, uh, oh, that's, that's quite a predicament I'm in because, uh, you know, there, there might be, uh, you, know, you know, if I don't do what I need to do at 8pm, who knows what might happen to the city. It could, could be overrun with crime.
2: Well, that does sound very intriguing. Which reminds me, it's something I've put in a lot of effort into not asking you because I don't like to be intrusive, so to speak. But since we've been seeing each other for quite some time now, I was wondering if it might be if it might be all right if I ask you what it is exactly that you do at eight pm.
1: Oh, oh yeah, that I mean, that's a good that's a good uh, question there, Sheila. Uh, um, uh, I, by, by the way, can you um just hold on to this uh, mask I have? uh just just uh, just look at it look how cool look how beautiful it is it's a really nice looking mask
0: but but anyway
2: this is the one i I purchased from debbie which which you have been wanting and i and i got a good and i got a a very good deal for it from her which i'm glad you still have it is a very interesting mask that's
1: that's right what a great mask that is anyway i forgot what your question is i hope it wasn't important (laughs)
2: Oh, um actually now that you've hunted me this mask, uh it does seem very resemblant to the one here in the photos uh, on the newspaper.
1: Oh. Hey, well, Were you, you know, trying you... to
2: were you trying to pattern mask after this uh, very unfortunate um, person?
1: Oh. Hey, hey wow. This is one of those hotels that has a fireplace in the in the lobby. Would you look at that? That's that's <laughs> it awesome. Does.
2: It does. I I think they patterned it after some antique French style. Not sure how accurate their rendition actually is, but it it does look nice. Mm -hmm.
1: Oui, oui. Moi magnifique. Really getting my fingers (laughs) nice and toasty warm over here. Nice and toasty limbered up fingers. That could really knock an arrow well.
2: Indeed. Mm. You've always been such a... Such a talkative character. I, I wonder how you never run out of ideas.
1: Oh, oh, well, you know, I'm just sort of looking around the, the lobby here and just saying whatever comes to my mind. Like, oh, look at the floor. That's plenty of tiles there. I wonder if someone has a collection of tiles that they relinquished in order to make this floor.
2: Oh, actually, I just remember I was trying to ask you some questions. I think it was oh. about two questions.
1: Oh, yes. I think it was about... I think your question was, hey, how did I get such a great uh, boyfriend? And your other question was, hey, you know what? Why is Debbie uh, always getting all upset about me being a bad boyfriend when I'm a good one?
2: You're saying what? too many questions. It's starting. You're saying too many questions. It's starting to cloud my mind. I was trying to remember oh. what it was that I forgot.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely... I think I think it was either those two things, or um, you, uh, let's see. You're, you're, you, oh, I remember. It was about how how are you going to convince your dad to meet me at seven o'clock instead of eight o'clock? How are we going to do that?
2: So I'm not sure because he's a very busy man, and I've never really seen him actually available before eight p.m. That's always been a family thing that I've come to understand. Hey, hey. well, oh my he says that he has—he always says that he has business to do before eight p.m. And so I never really just questioned it.
1: Sheila, I don't think you should be saying what you're saying because I don't think that your dad is the masked vigilante.
2: Oh, I wasn't insinuating that he is. He couldn't possibly be able to be jumping around in the building.
1: I agree, Sheila. It does sound very suspicious. I mean, where is he before uh, before 8 p.m. every day? He's probably the vigilante. That's, um, the, ol- that's the only thing that
2: I've makes never, sense. I've never considered that option before.
1: Yeah. It, hey, it's the only thing that makes sense. And by the way, this 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 uh, all of these arrows I'm holding sure are heavy. <laughs>
2: Oh, I was actually wondering why you keep insisting on carrying them around. I I thought it was just. Uh, I remember you telling me that it was this one special arrow that you were in love with, and uh, I at one point I even thought maybe you maybe valued it more than me. But right. I'm surprised that that wasn't the case. Um,
1: hey, hey, Sheila, look, no, um, you know what? I may do. I do value my arrows a lot. Um, even though I didn't really work to earn the fortune that I used to buy them with, but I. You know what? I I, pr- I would never take you and you know put you on a string and shoot you into the air because that's silly, okay? I, that's not something I do with something I cherish, with something that I cherish. That means
2: a lot to me. That means a lot to me. Actually, I, I was wondering. I mean, since you couldn't meet my father at eight p.m., perhaps you could stay with me a bit longer instead. I, I see the clock in the lobby, and it says that it's close to eight p.m. already, but it doesn't oh. seem like. You We hadn't made any plans because I told you that we were going to have dinner, and oh, well we haven't eaten yet. Oh
1: my good, oh my goodness sheila without Without my computer array in front of me, I almost realized it wasn't eight p m uh, um, oh uh, this this lobby is so well lit that there aren't really any shadows to spring into.
2: Well, they do pride themselves on light and providing people light and guidance, I guess wherever they go. I feel like oh. it's a noble thing. They make sure that no one stumbles in the darkness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also the fireplace, of course, is lighting up the whole lobby, making it so there is... A... By, by the way, um, uh, hey, if you look over there at the fire, just look at that for a second while something happens behind you that you're not going to be looking at.
2: Well, that's a strange offer, but I guess I can look at the fireplace yeah. for a moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just take a look. You you know, sometimes you look at the fire, you see all kinds of hopes and and dreams and all kinds of others. Oh, my goodness. Someone shot that bellhop with an arrow.
2: That's so weird. This is never, this incident has never happened before from within a hotel. I I thought the incidents were always happening outside, not inside. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that is weird. That is weird. You, yeah, you've really stumbled upon... Yeah, didn't you say you told your dad that you'd be here? Maybe your dad's lurking in the shadows shooting arrows. That's probably the most thing that makes the most sense.
2: Well, that's almost 8 p.m., so it's probably home by now. And if you want, you yeah. could still join if you don't have anything to do.
1: Oh, I think I have. I, I got a little bit of, uh, you know, something out of my system just recently. So, yeah, let's, let's, go, uh, let's go meet your dad. Let's go do this. Let's do it, baby.
2: Oh, you would want to meet my father, finally.
1: Uh, well, I, I mean, yeah. I, got, I, I feel like, th- for now, that this lobby is safe from crime and any unnecessary people-thieving luggage.
2: I've never thought of it that way. That, that poor chap probably just had an accident.
1: Yeah. I just think about, you know, a bellhop. I mean, he takes your luggage, you don't know where it goes for a while, little while, and then, you know, yeah. usually they bring it back, but if they decided not to bring it to your room, then they would have stolen your luggage, and that's no good.
2: Well, I suppose that's true. I've always admired your interest in justice, and then everyone being, "Okay, I thought that's very admirable."
1: And so we cut to her uh Sheila's home where her father is. And hey, Hey, uh, Mr. Broward, um, I'm, I'm so happy to finally meet
2: you. Father, I've come to introduce Francis. He's the man I've been seeing for the past year that I've been mentioning to. Oh,
1: oh, this, 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 uh, skinny, skinny ragamuffin who, who won't even show me his full face because he has a mask on?
2: I'm not quite sure what you're referring to, Father. Um, he, I guess he wears strange outfits sometimes, but he's actually quite a good man.
1: Sheila, it's true. I, I am wearing a mask. Uh, see, as you can see, I, uh, you know, on the way over here while we took the taxi, I, I have to admit, I was firing a whole bunch of arrows out the out the window. You know, kind of as we rode through the city. And I'm
2: not uh, I, I don't, I don't the name it, it wasn't you who could have been the vigilante.
1: Mar, my goodness! I've never heard such outrageous things in my life. It, this this boy you're bringing home here sounds most reckless and unstable.
2: Well, I guess it could be quite prickly sometimes, but... I thought there was just an interesting pointedness of his character.
1: Oh, oh all right. you're, you're saying that you were convinced that him shooting arrows out from the backseat of a taxi was merely just an aspect of his pointed character?
2: Oh, well, the father, and I, admit, I wasn't actually looking at that way. He was pointing out some other scenic views from the taxi that we were riding, and I thought it was interesting because he was pointing out some fireworks, which I hadn't noticed, and it was very sweet of him to have brought it up.
1: That's right. You may, you may not know this, but I can be quite the poet, and, you know, when I describe a firework, you know it really makes your eyes bug out of your skull and ignore any vehicular assaults that might be happening.
2: You see, Father, that's an example of how forward he can be when he wants to shoot at something. <sighs>
1: Arr, well, oh, you know what? Well, I, as someone in the in the in the fur trade who skins animals alive in order to make various accoutrements for people to wear, I just can't stand here and allow you to be telling me that you're carousing with someone who just would shoot at. Arrows at potential customers of fur. Uh,
2: father, I think perhaps we need to have a moment, Francis. If you please, uh, if you could perhaps yeah. stay in the sitting room for a bit. I oh. just need to have a word with my father. I'm, oh, sure. she- I'm sorry, I wasn't expecting uh. it to be like this.
1: Oh sure, sure Sheila. You got this sitting room looks like it's, it's it looks it looks very uh, nice by the way. I mean I do like how you you, you kind of have a sensible. Reasonably sized computer in there. I, I just I, I didn't want to comment on the decor, but I do think it might look nice mm-hmm. to have a large. I don't know. Maybe you you could do something, spruce it up with a much larger computer. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I'll go. I'll go and wear I'll have some of the crumpets that you that were set out. I
2: don't oh, know. I'm glad you like the crumpets. they are my favorite, actually. I specifically requested them to be that way I hopes that you might like them as well. And since you mentioned the computer, I was actually going to suggest that. Since I don't know quite how long my conversation with my father might be, if you would like you could use the computer temporarily.
1: I mean sure. there's a guest
2: account that you can use.
1: Eh, sure. Now that I'm out in the open I'll tell you that I'll definitely be looking up some uh, some of the, the the what some of the local criminal scum are up to and I'll be taking care of it soon. Uh, I'm
2: afraid it's uh, not quite settling in with me that you and the masked person are the same person. I think I need to speak with my father. This just feels very uh, unexpected.
1: I, I know. It's, it's, it's a lot to take in. Um, yes, Especially since I've been you know, fooling you for so long and all of those screams that you've been hearing as we've been traveling through the city, it just dawns on you that indeed I was responsible for that because I was shooting arrows at people.
2: Well if it wasn't you how could you possibly be okay with these creatures humans being hurt
1: That's right the only type of uh creature that deserves an arrow in it is uh is a is a is a bear or a wolf or anything that would look great draped around a lady's shoulders
2: yeah. I'm surprised that you bring it up I thought we have been starting to make the move towards more sustainable fashion and I, I've been working actually on that we've been trying to make synthetic furs which, which I showed you the samples not too long ago and I thought you liked them
1: Honey, I, I know you've been expecting me to kind of move in that direction but um, well I have to tell you the, the way you've been kind of just gluing hair onto uh like t-shirts and stuff and trying to sell them as as you know authentic authentic northern northern furs from canada well they just haven't been selling
0: very well
2: i'm sorry father I'm a, a bit new to this business and i i do admit i still need to like do more study with my shooters um, perhaps you could speak in the library
1: sure Yes, oh, the old Dewey Decimal System library. Off we go. Okay, all right. Well, what what is it? Uh, There's something on your mind, Sheila.
2: Well, I was I was I guess I just feel confused because I was thinking that I finally met a man who could potentially be someone I could be with, and I am. Um, I guess you seem to know of him, and. I wasn't expecting that the two of you would be acquainted. I I thought maybe this was the first time that you would be seeing each other, and I thought I was going to perhaps facilitate you getting to know each other, but it seems like you might have some sort of history.
1: Well, okay, Sheila. Well, we do have quite the, the relationship with the Arrow industry. As you know, we... And I've kind of been keeping this from you, but the furs and cre- wooden creatures we use to create our furs, well, we do have to, you know, kill them, and one of the ways, one of the primary ways that we do that is with bows and arrows, and well, quite frankly, this youngster, he's been buying up all the arrows so that we cannot facilitate our hunting of woodland creatures.
2: You're saying that he's the one who was not purchasing all the arrows in the market.
1: Ah, I think that is what, yes, that is what is going on. So so he's he's driving up the prices, and now that rapscallion is in our sitting room doing who knows what on our Mac 2 computer.
2: I'm not sure how that can be, because his aunt, uh, Aunt Nimi, if you remember, she... She actually called me earlier, and she was asking me to remind him about the, some of the investments that she had asked him to, to manage on, on their behalf. And I thought that was the main thing that he was busy about.
1: Oh, well, I think he's using those investments to to buy the arrows. But oh, are you saying his aunt is the famous Aunt Mimi of Aunt Mimi's delicious and... Chocolatey vanilla pudding mixes. Oh,
2: that's true, Father. Actually, they've just released a new strawberry flavor recently. I, I've tried it, and I think you'll also love it.
1: Oh my goodness! They will be an unstoppable economic force if they unleash strawberry flavoring on the on the world.
2: I, I personally think as well. It's just that, Father. Before I have you try it, I, I need to tell you that it's a bit sweet, and I can't have you eat a lot of sweet things. You know your condition. Now maybe I'll let you have a teaspoon, if that's acceptable. I,
1: I agree, daughter. I think it's almost villainous what they're doing. If they, I mean, you could have a chocolate pudding for breakfast, a vanilla pudding for lunch, and if you're suggesting another additional strawberry pudding, well, that would wreak havoc on my, uh, my diet.
2: Father, we've spoken about this. You're not supposed to be having pudding for breakfast and lunch.
1: Well, I can't help it, Sheila. They're delicious.
2: Well, just because other people are managing your businesses and you now have more free time than before, does not mean you're supposed to be gorging yourself on these puddings?
1: I, I agree, Sheila. I think something needs to be stopped about it. Something needs to be shot into the heart of the
0: matter.
2: Well, I do hear that Francis has this thing about puddings that he apparently grew up with them and disliked them so much. Maybe because he was just, I don't know, uh, overwhelmed perhaps by having grown up being surrounded by so much pudding. He apparently discovered a way to decrease his interest in consuming the puddings himself by poking at it and making it look unappetizing. I've never tried it myself, but he says it works for him.
1: You want him to poke the pudding with his arrows to make it unappetizing?
2: I, I haven't in... quite asked. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry, you... I haven't quite asked the details, but I suppose perhaps that's a possible way.
1: Summon him in here. I have words. I have use for him now.
2: Oh, okay. Then I shall call him, Francis. Francis, if you're there, yeah. I'm, sorry, yeah. I'm asking for you.
1: Oh in the oh in the library okay I, I do you want me to shut down the computer uh, entirety or do you just want me to leave it on with the screensaver of the of the of the toaster's flying
2: uh perhaps you can turn it off i certainly don't want any unwanted programs running while it's not under supervision
1: okay okay i'll 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 hit the shutdown and then i'll hit the the power the power button as well okay all right, coming into the library. Hey, how, you, how are you guys doing in here?
2: My father wanted to ask you about something.
1: Son, I would like to hire you to shoot an arrow into the heart of your dear Aunt Mimi, thus destroying her iron grip on the pudding industry.
2: Father, father, I thought it was just about the pudding. I thought we were going to just poke at the pudding, not shoot not shoot on Mimi. She's very dear.
1: Hey, listen, I accept, sir. Um, I
0: what? feel like that—that
1: that is in my best interest as well. Mimi, you don't understand how she raised me. She treated me like a, fa- a cog in a factory.
2: Well, I thought Aunt Mimi was very sweet. She would always send us packages of pudding, and then whenever she had new flavors, she would always ask me to try them and give her feedback.
1: Oh. Hey, you know what? That's because she was just buttering you up, Sheila. I th- I think she's just a lady who just uses her uh, uh, crazy amounts of funds to just kind of uh, mess with people all the time.
2: Well, I thought our problem was for my father. Well, actually, Francis, this is not something I've mentioned to you before, mostly because I oh. really don't like criticizing people when they're not around or, or when it's not possibly constructive. It, it, the thing is... My father also has this problem with consuming sweets. He may have been overdoing it, and uh, it's not concerned, but it's been concerning that he's always been having pudding for breakfast and lunch, and uh, it's starting to be a concern.
1: It is true, and in fact, I have also eaten all of the crumpets that we had set out earlier.
2: Father, those Uh, were for Francis. Those were for Francis. I specifically asked our staff to make them for Francis.
1: Yes, but I don't think that the pudding has very much nutrients, so when I eat the pudding, it doesn't satisfy me, and so I have to eat everything in sight. oh dear ah oh. oh, see i you see he's- he's hurting sheila i think I think we should just you know give him his last wish and you know maybe kill my aunt
2: well, well what if I have a wish? Well, I guess I'd like my father to be healthy and I perhaps. You could try first the the whatever it is that you do with the puddings to make them unappetizing. I I I can survive not eating pudding anymore. If it would be my father, it would be okay.
1: Okay, Sheila, I'll you, you you know what? Let's rearrange some of those puddings out here, and I'll fire a, a, a you know a, a large volley of
0: <laughs>
1: of tens of millions of arrows into them to make it completely uneditable. Just for you. I've never,
2: actually, I've never actually seen you shoot arrows before. I thought you we were just collecting them, I, and I thought you we were just yep. a fan of me and Debbie with our archery.
1: Right, right, uh, yeah, Sheila, she, because, you know, usually I would, uh, you know, I would distract you and then shoot arrows while you're not looking. But, you know, I think this time you can just go ahead and watch as I, as I ruin a bunch of bowls of pudding.
2: Does Debbie know about any of this?
1: Hey, You know what, Sheila? We should just keep it between us, okay? Because, I I mean, I think Debbie's just, you know, I think she's got it out for me, to be honest. And by the way, she's a pretty good shot, so I'm scared of her.
2: I definitely have some things I need to say about. But anyway, I suppose you can proceed with your arrows and the pudding. This would be quite a sight.
1: Oh, this will be quite a sight. I'd very much like to see, and maybe I'll use you for my trapping and killing of woodland creatures later on as well. Oh, sounds good to me. Three, two, one, fire!
2: Oh, I've never seen such synchronized arrow shooting before.
1: (laughs)
0: Yeah. See. Yeah! (laughs) Right in,
1: right to the heart of the matter. (laughs) Yeah, that was excellent.
2: That was fun.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Each did. Yeah, I like when we each do several characters. That was fantastic.
2: <laughs> I like right. your puns. I feel like it's really cool how quickly you come up with them.
1: Come up with what? The puns. Oh, oh the puns. Oh yeah. I've, <laughs> I have no. I have no idea. Well, I'm just whatever. That was great, yeah, I liked how you did multiple you did multiple characters, right? You were debbie and, she, and you were debbie Sheila and aunt aunt oh no Mimi Aunt Mimi yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> cool
1: um hey, so I have a couple of questions at the end of this thing here are you so are is there anything you you uh have to plug are you doing any kind of other art things that you want to mention?
2: Um, not at the moment. I I will say that there's a possibility that in the upcoming future, like I might like share a website. Uh, there's a personal project I've been working on completely un- not work related, just something where I feel like so this is this urge I've been having lately, right? Like, like some things that I find helpful or interesting. Um, I kind of want to start documenting them in a way that's going to be easier, like for me to share it with people on um, those things. And I, um, I, I just, I, it's not something I've, I guess, done before in this way, because usually I'm not, like, very public with things I do. Um, but, yeah, at some point I might, like, share a link or so, and I might, like, also ask for feedback. So just a heads so. <laughs> up.
1: Yeah, yeah. That sounds really cool. You're just going to, like, what are you going to, like, maybe, like, write, a, like, a little article or something about just some interesting things?
2: Uh So it's a, it's a few things at this point. So one is that... Um, Maybe because this is time when when a lot of people are, um, I guess, having a lot more time noticing and paying attention to what their routines are, for one. So so because of like a lot of people, I think, have a lot less structure these days than they used to, um, they're kind of looking more into uh, what they can do for themselves so that they can have like more of... uh, like some sort of routine, basically. It's interesting because I've been asking like around and apparently not a lot of people like have established like self-care practices and you'd be surprised how, you know, one would think this is something that people would be, I guess, trained at, at a young age. But even for me, it wasn't really something that I, I got really, um I guess, aware of and, and fairly knowledgeable about until relatively recently, which is crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah I think, I mean... Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, taking care of ourselves, right? It should be like the main thing you kind of know how to do. But like, and first of all, that's something that's learned. It's not natural. And another thing is we're not really, no one really tries to learn it to us. You kind of have to figure some of that stuff out on your own.
2: Yeah, I feel like there are certainly a lot of things from, like, say, primary school or, like, elementary school that we were taught that I feel like weren't necessarily as important. Like, for example, what year did Napoleon capture so-and-so place? Whereas, you know, what's the proper way to, like, kind know of brush your teeth? Apparently, there are different techniques, and there are some that are recommended. There are some that are actually harmful that apparently more than 90% of people do, for example, which I find yeah. it. Yeah, which I think it's crazy. I'm not sure like how much detail I'm going to go into it. I guess just a way to kind of like document some things I've found helpful and maybe some like recommendations for like tools and resources.
1: Yeah, that sounds really cool and helpful. And by the way, I yeah. brush my teeth. I don't, I don't put as much effort into brushing my teeth. I used to do it really hard, but you're supposed to do it mm-hmm. soft. So that's true because you yeah you'll you'll pull off the enamel on your teeth and what i'm actually scared of like being old and then like your teeth like man that that like your teeth being being good is like you know it's a quality of life thing like if your teeth are bad that it kind of sucks a lot
2: yeah that's true um apparently there's even this thing called like the modified fast technique which is um like apparently ideal and something that. Uh, dentists recommend but where I don't remember ever being trained in it for example and I only learned about it like from reddit because someone mentioned it and I only like looked it up in the past month I think and it's actually something that apparently uh, something that needs practice basically I, I guess apparently I've been doing it like the the children's way which is like going in circular motions which is apparently still an upgrade to what most people do which is just like straight brushing like teeth horizontally which is apparently damaging and which I, oh. I guess I'm surprised that apparently most people do that. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I, it's crazy because even your dentist really doesn't go into it. They kind of just clean your teeth and then you leave.
2: Yeah, yeah. Usually it's more like um, symptomatic stuff. Like if something already wrong is going on, then that's where some sort of some of the advice goes in. Not necessarily a lot of the preventive care stuff.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah. What's up?
2: <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't going to be mainly about like dentistry, by the way. It might be a mix of things. So in <laughs> of the, dentist, the dentistry thing might not even come in until a later time because I feel like yeah. the document's writing itself in my mind, but I haven't been actually like typing it out. So maybe the things that I'll remember the most when I actually get down to typing it might be different from from what I um, have yeah. thought before. i I've, I've, I was thinking about the one of the questions that you asked and something along the lines of. Um, like, life meaning.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that, for me, one of the things that would be very important for me would be to, like, just just find ways and kind of be in those spaces where it could be an intersection of um, being with people I really like to be with um, and uh, just living in a way that's healthy and wholesome and at the same time doing things that I feel like it could also pay it forward. Um, and hopefully be helpful to, like, other people. Um, And for some reason, that's been coming in the form of, like, distilling information and then kind of putting an effort to, like, hopefully make that more accessible to other people. Um, So it's it's something that I've noticed, like, has been a pattern in some of my work from the past. And it it seems to be appreciated enough, so it seems to be helpful.
1: Well, good. Yeah, I definitely think, like, yeah, I mean, kind of – you have to find something in your life where you feel like you're benefiting other people um i don't know that just makes you know your actions then feel bigger than yourself as opposed to like always doing something for yourself is kind of you know can be kind of uh unfulfilling
2: i've actually thought about that too and i i I've, currently I've, i'm at a conclusion where i feel like it's okay if like something that some people may consider altruistic is actually something I'm partly also doing for myself. Like I also, like it's kind of fun to see things potentially get better. Um, There's some sort of satisfaction in knowing that in a way I was kind of being active about something that I wasn't very happy about to like kind of try and um help improve things if it's something that's within my sphere of influence Um, as opposed to kind of just being a bit uh, resigned
1: yeah. Oh, Carla, are you still there? Hey, Carla. Carla. Oozbear says you're still here, Carla, but I don't hear you. Hey, Carla. Oh man, can't believe she stormed off early. Everyone. Oh, now Uzbear says she's gone. All right. I. How long do you think I should give her, audience? I do have to. I do have to kind of go. Okay, I'll give her until my clock turns to the next minute. Here, she's got forty. She's got 60 seconds. All right. Well, wow, everybody. What a great Steve spotlight. I don't usually have the opportunity to, <laughs> to express my, to have a moment with you guys here at the end here, and express how, how, how great it was. And I appreciated having Carla on today. And uh, yeah, she was uh, telling me something interesting and then she left but we'll, we'll find out about that maybe next time. Um, but yeah, if she listens to this, I do wanna let her know that I appreciated her coming on today and, uh, and you know, and you know, maybe, you know, you gotta, you gotta if, you're gonna, if you're gonna storm off and get real mad and leave, then sometimes you gotta wait for the appropriate time because otherwise people are just confused. Okay, let's see. Doesn't look like she's coming on. I'm hanging out here talking to myself. Hey, you know what? Uh, We also didn't talk about who's a great improviser, who she thinks. Well, I think uh, Carla did a great job today. I liked how she did all those different characters and how, (laughs) and boy, were they in a bunch of uh, kind of an intriguing plot of conceit and then, oh, here's Carla. Hey, hello. Hi, I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. I forgot to mention. For some reason, sometimes my um, I I get spontaneously logged out. Um, Eric is on it. Um, and I'm also working on troubleshooting it. I, I have done like everything I could. I think I could to like avoid it. But in case it does happen again, and I'm sorry, I forgot to say this at the start. I'll try to like get back as soon as I can.
1: Hey, no worries. I understand it happens. Um, hey, yeah. I guess we were talking about you. Yeah, I you know, I was, you were you were saying you were kind of doing things and you know, I think they're fine to do even if they're not altruistic. You know, I think that's fine.
2: Okay. <laughs> I I I guess I only say that because I feel like there is some sort of um feeling I think that some people have that when something is kind of done where it's kind of admittedly primarily like to help other people um and I feel like some people have this standard where for something to be altruistic it has to be kind of like completely just for other people and it's not an okay thing if there's kind of a sliver of some sort of personal fulfillment going on in there um which i feel is a bit of a an unrealistic standard maybe or maybe even something that's not healthy because i feel like in a way we're also kind of biologically programmed to feel happy when like good things are happening and other people are also happy so i feel like that's okay
1: yeah, I do, too. I think people might might say that sort of thing because they're they use that as an excuse to not do anything to help other people. Like they're just like, well, or something. It's just kind of mind games. I don't see why how it's relevant, whether it benefits you or not. I mean, anything you do for someone else in some sense is beneficial to yourself.
2: I'm not sure that I would necessarily think that um, people uh, just aren't like interested in doing that. Like, I, I mean, I can't really speak for them. I guess um, I'm just saying that um, it's, like, a lot more accessible than people think. Um, yeah. And I feel like sometimes people some, put some people on a pedestal when they kind of yeah. do something that's seen as, um, I guess, helpful.
1: Well, I think the opposite of, you know, justifying selfishness or being okay with selfishness is definitely something <laughs> we're okay with, so why not... Why not allow it when it's trying to be less than usual? <laughs> hey, and the one other thing I have for you. Do you have anything, uh, positive things to say about any other improvisers on here uh, that you want to talk about?
2: Oh, about Uzbe, right? Yeah. Any other
1: yeah, improvisers uh, you want to say? Yeah, I just want to mention that you appreciate them or something.
2: Cool, cool. Um, so, so I guess first off, I'd like to... Um, like give kudos to Eric. Like he was the person who started all this to begin with and especially for me who lives in a like relatively far away place from pretty much everyone else. Um it's just meant a lot to be able to like be part of a platform in a community as this. And uh it's just just really wonderful, like him, you know, making this like place and it being an exclusive an inclusive thing where, you know, people from pretty much any country could join and somehow it works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely also are- been yeah, okay. and
2: he's also been putting a lot of work into, like, cultivating the culture. So it's, like, wholesome and, mm-hmm. and friendly and welcoming. And even people from, like, various levels of expertise have also been welcome to join, which I find, I I would say, relieving. And it's also, like, a good practice for us to be able to, like, play with each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I totally give him credit, not just for the technical stuff, but the yeah, as you said, kind of that community-building stuff is, is mm-hmm. you know, a, hard, a, it's hard work, and also just kind of takes a certain uh I don't know kind of insight and in things in order to be able to create that so that's kind of you know definitely impressive.
2: Mhm. And he's also continually adding new things which you know I feel like I consider myself a relatively creative person but the kinds of things he just comes up with are endless and just really nifty that's really cool. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah he's a he's a tinkerer that's for sure. Okay, so Carl, oh, um, Carla. Oh, oh, other up? things,
2: uh, other mm-hmm. things. Um, because you asked for people, right? So I can say more yeah. than one.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'd also like to cast spotlight on Felix. I feel like um, he's just been like demonstrating really uh, cool like leadership in terms of you know hosting jams and like helping people have really you know a fun time in the jam mm-hmm. as well. And even though there were there were like times before when I felt like he was like a bit more like self conscious about whether some of the things he was doing were okay, I I felt like it was really cool for him to be like someone to you know as long as he felt like it was generally a good thing, he would like push forth with it even though he might have felt like some fear about it, which which I think is really important because I feel like. Um, Like for a lot of us, there might be some things that we feel like could be helpful or would be positive to do in general, but we kind of hold back because we're like possibly afraid or like worried about how it might turn out or how it would go. Um, So I think it's really important like, to practice that thing of um, pushing through with things that we're not 100% sure about um, as long as we think that it's generally on the right track. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely appreciate kind of the uh f- what felix brings i definitely think he's uh, uh always has a positive and supportive energy yeah yeah
2: i love i yeah. love improving with him I, I feel like when he's like a part of the jam, there's like a, a higher chance that's like there's going to be like harmony in it and he's just also really great to work with it's fun.
0: yeah yeah i also
2: um one of the people who also like really stood out to me like earlier on or at least when when i started being able to like uh, jam with him was Mesh and I just feel like he creates these very memorable characters that are just you know not 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 based from like spirit heights or not based from some sort of thing that I've probably encountered elsewhere and this is not a note on like how about you know, we're supposed to be always doing unique stuff or original stuff it's just that the kinds of characters he makes it's like so fitting to the story or just so meaningful to the story that I could easily imagine the characters being being like Um, ones from like a children's storybook where it's like oh there's this unexpected turn in this story and there's this really cool character who's there and I just oh this is like such a you know possibly a favorite character from that story even if whether or not that that character might have been like the main character or or a supporting character or a villain just just very memorable characters should I find really cool
1: yeah that's awesome yeah definitely mesh kind of can come out with something uh, pretty unique from time to time that I definitely appreciate too.
2: Mm, um, I also, speaking of characters, I also really love like these characters. I feel like she goes into her characters with a lot of like positive energy and just, um, how do I say? Awesome, see Even like when she played the the Pepper King character, it was just you know, I you know in a way kind of depending on on which side we were on. Like the Pepper King was kind of like a contender, but it was like really rooting for a character because like here's such a multi dimensional character who you know is it feels like real even though we know it's like completely made up. And I like how she when she goes into a character, it's just like you know it's it's there and it's. it's it's very music it's just it's just really like it when she plays characters through it, yeah. so goodness,
1: yeah, I don't think she's inventing characters. I think they're sort of like the characters are seeping out of her somehow
2: <laughs> well, she is very positive and i I can yeah that makes sense,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh. I also oh. really like your
2: characters too, by the way. I feel like oh. when you do your characters, yeah, they feel very professional and just like polished. And I'm like, okay, like here's a professional, like doing like, an improv character. And I'm just kind of sometimes sitting back and just listening.
0: <laughs> mm.
2: oh.
1: oh, I'm just winging it. Like uh, I'm just winging it to be honest. And also this thank part you. isn't about saying anything nice about me. I'm just Maybe kidding. I can just
2: much. say thank you.
1: That's, oh, see, I told you, you caught me, you caught me in, in whatever, not accepting a compliment. Actually, you know,
2: you, you were asking for this because you did ask me to talk about people I'd like to highlight. So I'm not yeah. violating anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I did not give you any, I did not give you any rules. That's true.
2: Mm-hmm. I also hey, really pardon? like, uh-huh. oh, <laughs> is it, is Go it okay? Yeah, I just ahead. also really like his characters. I feel like I haven't had like as much chance to like witness him play characters, but it's really cool also to get, to get to witness them. I feel like they have a lot of presence. And you know when mm-hmm. he, he plays like characters, it's just very um it's just it feels like it could have been from a movie and I'm just like listening to yeah. the audio version of it. So good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's really on target with his characters and the, yeah, he's yeah. a great he's a great voice voice artist as well. Mm-hmm. All right. I almost called you Sheila. Hey, all right, Carla, listen. So, uh, the last the last thing we're going to do here is called the storm off sign off. And what I do is I, I'm i going to thank you very politely for coming on. But then what you're going to do is you're going to get mad and you're going to get angry at me and you're going to tell me off. And then you're going to storm off in a rage and you're going to get the last word. But, but I do want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I, I, I think you, you, you bring a lot of, uh, uh, positivity and joyfulness to to kind of uh kind of y- your imp- yeah to, to your improvising and uh it's really appreciated and you yeah you 're just always such a a positive force whenever whenever you 're on and you 're always trying to bring other people's up, people up and that 's really clear and yeah, I really enjoyed uh improvising with you tonight and i 'm glad you were you came on
2: oh that means a lot actually something that I was also like interested, been interested in was how like we have such a safe space here to practice like just being playful and like being joyfully playful while at it as well. And I think it's just such a kind of nice way to practice um, things we might be doing if the world was more of a utopia. So it's a pleasure.
1: Yeah. So thanks for coming on, Carla. Do you have any Mm -hmm. final, final words or anything you got to get off your chest?
2: Well, uh, I will say that I think um, my my storm cloud cab oh. is arriving and um, it's uh. been storming a lot here where I am and I, I feel like I need to go soon.
1: Whoa. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't offend you in any way or upset you at all.
2: Not at all. Um, I, I will say actually that the, that this whole like jam has been uh, very good. I mean, it wasn't very, very good, but it was very good.
1: Oh. Not very, very good. Dig into the dig into the why wasn't it why wasn't it very, very good.
2: <laughs> I don't want to be cruel to you, Steve. I feel like uh, um you've um been I don't know, subjecting yourself to a lot of that and I, I, I feel <laughs> for you because <laughs> you haven't been able to um oh. I guess balance it out with being um just I don't know. I feel like maybe you might be getting hurt too much and wouldn't like tell us if you were.
1: You're telling me I'm unbalanced.
2: Well, I'm just, I guess, mentioning facts. I mean, it seems like you oh. are only like accepting certain kinds of feedback and not the others. And so what can I say?
1: Oh, you're saying I'm closed-minded.
2: Well, not necessarily that far. I mean, that's an interesting way of putting it, though.
1: Oh, uh, you're really, it's really, you're really hurting, you're really hurting me here. Carla, you're really, really digging in deep.
2: Well, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm only like stating facts. So if, if oh. you feel some pain there, perhaps it could be helpful to you in some way.
1: Oh, oh man, I'm definitely going to have to just live with this pain. I think.
2: Unfortunately, so. I mean, clouds require people to be a bit more. Balanced, I guess. And um, speaking of which, mine is arriving. It's quite like big. Yeah. And unfortunately, this space won't be um, available for you because it can only be available uh, for more balanced no. people, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no silver lining for me.
2: Perhaps some other time, Steve. <laughs> Bye for now.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Bye for now.
2: <laughs> Bye, Steve. Bye.